0: You know, for us as parents, it's never too early to pray for our children's vocations, especially if they're called to marriage. You know, how many times do we pray? Even like I have a little seven-year-old, it's like, I'm, I should be praying every day for his future wife, right? If he's called to marriage. Have you
1: ever wondered about the saints, married saints? Are they romantic? Do Can you even think of a saint as being romantic? Does that sound real? Actually, they were. In fact, there's a book written about how romantic they were, about their courtship. It's called Courtship of the Saints. Talk about fascinating. There are stories in there that are going to blow your mind. You know what? The saints were romantic. Very much so. We're going to find out right now on the John Henry Aston Show with the author of the book, Patrick O'Hearn. Stay tuned. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality, and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supich, Cardinal Tobin. These picks of the Pope to engage in this Synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy, and at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ and his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so, our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until. We had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted. But we're starting it up again. And this year, Cardinal Muller and Bishop Athanasius Schneider are going to be joining us. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality. And uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For Life State News, this is John Henry Weston. And may God bless you.
0: Patrick O'Hearn, welcome to the program. It's an honor to be here, John Henry.
1: So let's begin as you always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Patrick, I guess you got to tell us first, what is courtship? Everybody knows about dating, but I think courtship is sort of a lost, I guess, art, you could say, but what is it?
0: courtship, it spans back to biblical times I mean, before the life of Christ. And uh, and then really the term itself took root in the 16th century. It came from the term courtier, which was an advisor to a king and a queen. And then as it progressed through the centuries, it became this notion of pursuing a woman or, you know, with the idea of marriage. So, and then, so that was kind of the whole idea. And then now we see today in the, you know, in the 21st century, through the writings of Fulton Sheen and uh, Father Rippinger, again, it's you're trying to find someone that's virtuous. That's the most important thing. Is this person virtuous? Virtuous, And, uh, you know, dating is more of a recent fad. It, it came into surface in the 20th century. It was a lower class slang term and it became more associated with popularity. It never really had anything to do with sex at the time. And then as the automobile took off, uh, but really courtship is this, I think it's it's part of our heritage, our tradition, and uh, just, it's such a beautiful thing to, to always keep the end in mind, which is marriage. This book is fascinating because I think for a lot of people, they, they don't have that outlook
1: in their minds. What do you mean saints who are courting? What? Okay. So tell us one of your favorite stories uh, from there, which will sort of blow that
0: impression. My favorite story that I've, I've spent. Probably the majority of my I would say the majority of my writing career on them is is really Saint Therese's mom and dad. And, uh, and I wrote about them in my first book, Parents of the Saints. and they were they they were both born in separate cities in France and then eventually they moved to the same town in Alisson. and Zelie was 12 years old when she moved there and I think Louis was seven. And so it took them about 14 years before they met each other. And today that town is about 40,000 people. So, you know, back in the day, it was a small town. So they would have frequented the same church, you know, the same marketplace. But God arranged at the perfect moment as they were crossing a bridge, you know, Zelly heard a voice. This is the man whom I have chosen for you. And leading up to that, she had been praying to our lady. So I, I speculate that she heard our, you know, a locution from our lady and uh, both of them had were so set on becoming religious. Uh, Lewis spent time in a monastery and due to health issues and also he was having trouble grasping Latin, he was told to return home and then Zelie went to a convent and she also had uh, was discerning there had health issues and she was told you're going to be you know your, your calling is not in religious life. And then so when they got married uh, one of the most fascinating things is like oh, <laughs> Uh, on their wedding night, you know, Zelly was in tears, and she went to go visit her sister who was a nun, and it was just kind of like she wanted to be a nun, and she just didn't understand why God had led her to marriage. But after she got married and they had kids, she goes, "I never regret this vocation, and it's because God was had foresaw the little flower that would be her daughter, Saint Therese, and you know, all five daughters became nuns, and they lost four children, but just the fact that our Lord orchestrates. So many things, you know, we look at the vocation of the priesthood and, and uh, what a, you know, we hear these amazing callings that people have, but we never talk about this calling to marriage and how God, again, just, just called these saints together.
1: What kind of courtship did they express to one another? They got a call from our Lord. Sure. Was that it? How did that develop?
0: So then three months after that, okay. So they were basically, they were married. They met in April of 1858. Which was ironically around the same time Our Lady of Lords appeared, but in going back a little before that, um, I, in my research I found that Louis Martin's mother had met Zelly at a lace-making class, and she was and she was so struck by this lady's virtue. And Louis was in he was 34 years old. He was a comfortable bachelor and a uh, very holy man, but just. And so she kind of planted a seed and said, you know, like, you should, I I hope someday that you meet this girl and kind of had began praying that somehow their path would, uh, you know, intertwine. And so I believe it was the prayers of Lewis Martin's mother that eventually facilitated the meeting of Lewis and Sally. And I think You know, for us as parents, it's never too early to pray for our children's vocations, especially if they're called to marriage. You know, how many times do we pray? Even like I have a little seven-year-old, it's like I should be praying every day for his future wife, right, if he's called to marriage. And I didn't really get into how much, you know, in terms of that, there's not a whole lot of information on what happened after that. But I mean, basically three months after they met, they were married on actually July 12th, which is, you know, coming up this week. One of the things that we wonder about the saints and
1: actual um romance if you will or expressions of love for one another that are in line with god how does that suss out with the saints do they write each other do they
0: express love in a normal kind of a way or what does it seem what does it look like and i say a lost art is writing a letter to someone and a romantic letter and and I was able to interview Saint Gianna's daughter, and so she provided with me some some of the letters that her you know, her parents wrote to each other. And it was said, you know, even before they got married, you know, they wrote letters to each other. And then after they got married, you know, Pietro Mola, who um, Saint Gianna's daughter also believes will become a saint someday, and he was he would travel to the United States, and it was basically every single day for a period of it was like three to five months, or whatever. They would write each other. And uh, But leading up to that, I found one of the letters was so beautiful. And they were writing about how they wanted to prepare for their marriage. And they said, will you join me in a, it was almost like a triduum of prayer. So they would go three days before their wedding, they would go to, you know, separately, they'd go to mass and receive Holy Communion and offer that as preparation. But based on their love letters, I mean, it just, it just blows you away. I mean, they talk about you know even after they're married like you know they're recalling their romantic nights together and their their passionate kissing and you think of and this is after they're married and you think about it like you know hollywood just glamorizes you know you know and it's kind of distorts the whole marital act and here these saints are like they're showing uh, gianna and pietro just the beauty of this sacrament of marriage and how it how it it's kind of partaking of christ's love for his church
1: You know that here on LifeSight, we love to tell amazing stories. There are few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You gotta watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Now, and he talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation my generation has grown up you know under the specter of priestly sexual abuse
0: what say you mr fourperson is the defendant guilty or not guilty
1: i think that for many of us that has also been all encompassing you know i mean i entered the seminary in january of 2004 and it's basically been there for me from in the beginning one priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins. The story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. What's your message for young people? Because they're the ones looking at this in a kind of a real way in that They've got decisions to make, but they're all about, right now, it's about dating, isn't it? And we're supposed to be like, I don't want to say the hookup culture, because hopefully most of the young people watching this wouldn't be engaged in that, God willing. But what is
0: courtship supposed to be about for them anyway? You know, courtship, you know, for them is you're choosing your spouse now at every moment. I mean, even as a, as a teenager, right. Every, every temptation you face, it is, you know, whether it's a, a lustful temptation or anything, you know uh, whether you're going to even, it, it's all about that future, that future, like whether you're going to marry this person or not. So the choices we make, and I think as I, as I spell on the book, it's a life of prayer, that leads us ultimately to God's will and to that, to marrying that spouse that will lead us to heaven. You know, in the story, in this book, I have a story of uh, St. Francis Borgia. You know, he was the probably the one of the highest Jesuit saints ever, but before he became a Jesuit, he was a man in love. He was married and his wife died young, but it said leading up to his marriage, he um, I mean, his whole life, he, he never committed a mortal sin. He was so pure And he, you know, loved praying. It was basically his great devotion to Our Lady is what kept him pure. He would pray the Rosary, and he would encourage those around him to pray the Rosary. And I think in his wife that he met, um, she was a she was a servant of 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 the Queen of uh, Spain, and she was from Portugal, and she was also very pure. So I think for young people, that's that's the essential part is that that life of prayer. But I also think. Um, One of the saints mentioned the life of purity and uh, there's a um, blessed Maria Anna She's a famous mystic uh, saint, Uh, She'll be a future saint, but her husband was drawn to her modesty and uh, purity. And I think that that's a way as young people, you know, as you're as you're trying to find that that spouse, you know, you're not going to find them wearing yoga pants. You know, you're going to find them wearing, you know, dressing modestly and these are just some of the lessons that I think the saints you know they they communicate to our generation, yeah, it's funny because you're talking about young people not not even
1: having found someone. this is praying for that someone before you've found them, uh which I think is a fascinating practice, but then also what happens when they do find a someone because that that enters a whole new area where you have to discern, A, is this the right person? Is this the person God wants for me?
0: What are they supposed to look out for? So I have a a great story. I was able to interview the postulator, the cause for canonization, for a gentleman named Venerable Vitaro Transinelli. He was a famous medical doctor. He actually performed a surgery on one of the visionaries at uh, Medjugorje. And he, um, he had seven children. Many of them were adopted with special needs. And before he met his wife, Rosalie, when he met, when he was discerning, you know, meeting his, sorry, when he met his wife, Rosalia, they were in college. And uh, he met Rosalia's older brother. And so he befriended Rosalia through her older brother. And he was, he was uh, like blown away by her beauty, but Rosalia wasn't like, and, but over time, cause he was a very reticent individual. He had difficulty expressing who he was, you know, his interest and his love for her. But over time, he kind of, they fell in love and it was, he, he was drawn, he came from a very wealthy upbringing, but he loved her simplicity. And I think that patience in the relationship that that played out in the end like he didn't you know it took him time and and also for Rosalia, you know I mean she was sorry she she was more the one that had to be patient because you know I think Vitaro was more he was like, I want to marry her but Rosalia, it took time and I think it's a it's a great lesson for our young people is to, you know, you want to be attracted to your spouse, even, you know, John Paul II talks about that attraction that, but it's not the end all, you know, virtue must, must give way, you know, to physical beauty, and the virtue of the soul. And so these are just some of the stories in this book that how, you know, that relationship started off. But it wasn't wasn't love. It It was love at first sight for one of them, but not for the other one. Let's talk about parents for a second. Because
1: this is a big deal. I know as a parent, as soon as my kids got to that age, and now they're almost all there, not quite, but a lot of them are. Our our oldest is 26. Our youngest is 11, but but he's sort of all by himself because we lost three in between our uh, now 17-year-old and our 11-year-old. We had uh, suffered three miscarriages. So apart from little Zachary, they're all sort of, right in the mix of things. And so we've been praying like crazy for a long time now for all the kids, future spouses or vocations. We don't know. We don't know either way. And we haven't got a single one uh, married or, or in vocation yet. So we're sort of still waiting. So tell us about parents. What does what your book have to offer
0: parents? For parents, I think the most important lesson, as, as I as I alluded to earlier, is, you know, in the, in the life of uh Louis Martin's father, just that, that daily prayer offering, you know, like a, a memorari every day for your parent, uh, for your children's future spouse. But I think providing that example for them, you know, and uh, I have a story of St. Uh, Elizabeth of the Hungary. And when her husband would come home, uh, Louis, he was a King, she would um, kiss him with a thousand kisses. Now I don't think as, you know, you don't go make out in front of your children <laughs> with your spouse, but they need to see that level of affection with your spouse, you know, that, that sets them up. I I say, John Henry, that parents are the first and basically the only vocations director for the sacrament of marriage, you know, for their children, they're going to get that. And the way that they see you, you know, they see us men like courting our spouse, you know, we don't just court them, you know, before marriage, it's our entire life. And like every day we should be loving our spouse even more than the previous day. And there is a couple in here. um, They're up for canonization. i um, through the Opus Dei, but um, I can't think of their. I uh, have so many of the the saints in there. There's 25 of them. It's um, drawn a blank. But their children said, like towards the end of their life, like they were just even more in love with each other. So I think that's the greatest example we can do is just continue as men to pursue our spouses, and and to show affection to them. And even as a, as your as your daughter, if you have a teenage daughter, when she gets older, a lot of men are like they're afraid to give their daughter like a hug or a kiss. I don't know, maybe think it's weird, but they need to see that affection from us because we're setting them up for their, their future vocation.
1: 2022 it was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Any other thoughts for us that you'd like to share?
0: The way that you know we prepare for um, marriage is the way ultimately our marriage will turn out, and I think nowadays it's so many people want to take shortcuts. You know, they want to you know, whether it's, you know, like cohabitating or even just men just putting off their vocation until they're, you know, their thirties or forties. And I think that God, like he, he has many saints in mind for us, you know, and I, and I was kind of blown away by the story of Pope Benedict's parents, you know, the father wanted to get married younger. He didn't have the funds, Pope Benedict's mother, Maria, like she was also needed with the family and they eventually got married i think he was the father was in his 40s the mother was like around 36 and he put a newspaper ad and you probably maybe you guys covered that story it was in a catholic newspaper and he goes looking for a a pure woman and he goes must know how to cook that was one of his criteria and here pope benedict's mother was a baker and uh and, and then when they had when they got married you know pope benedict was born his mother was 43 when she had him and and pope benedict's father was 50 and I think about you know, people get to their 40s, they're done having children. And just it shows you that God's ways are not our ways, but the fact that we stay faithful to him and we're praying, like he he wants, he wants saints to be born. And I think as as, as that's where we have to come with that mindset, like it's not about us, like it really isn't. It's about the future of the church. And through these courtships, I have a chapter called Courtships That Transform the Church. You know, you have John Paul II's parents who are now up for canonization, and uh and so I think my message, it's its all over the place, but I think really uh, just the way you prepare is the way your marriage will end up. And, and then we see the fruit of that in these saints, that these are the greatest legacy of these parents. Patrick, where can we get your book? The book is available at TAM Books and also at Amazon. Great book, I would say, for your kids, older
1: children, that is. But to get them to know and understand what true courtship is, the courtship of the saints. Patrick O'Hearn, thanks so much for being with us.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: God bless you and God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time.